BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am so stoked to bring you today's conversation just because I feel like the topic is just so relevant. And I have had so many conversations with you guys over DMs and over emails. And a topic of conversation that comes up really often is staying consistent with workouts. I think that everyone is aware of the mental health benefits of staying active, but It's a whole other story to fit it into our crazy schedules and to show up day after day when sometimes all we have is five minutes or it doesn't even feel like we can do five minutes. So, you know, it's a really relevant topic of conversation and I'm so excited to bring you today's guest who is Megan Roop, the founder of The Sculpt Society. If you don't know Megan, she is an incredible celebrity fitness instructor. Her clients include everyone from... Sophia Ritchie to Elsa Hosk, and she really is all over social media. But more importantly than who her clients are is the fact that Megan treats every single person who you know, comes to her classes like an influencer. And she really brings the energy. Now she has, of course, her platform, The Sculpt Society, which is an online fitness platform, which is unlike anything that I've personally ever done. But her energy is incredible. She makes you feel, even though like it's through a screen, she makes you feel like you can really just do it. And I'm not a dance cardio type of person. And although like, I guess the basis of her thing is dance cardio, it's something that everyone can do. And there's a lot of toning and sculpting involved as well. So this conversation is really, really interesting because of course we get into the details of her workout, which again is incredible. And this is really coming from someone who is not a dance cardio kind of gal, but it really is a fun workout program. And I've tried it since this conversation, highly recommend. But, you know, we talk about 
all of that, but we also talk about the kind of clients who see a lot of results from their workouts and how to stay consistent. She gives us tangible tips on how to do that. Then we get into how she's built her business and how she's leveraged social media because she's someone who's done it so, so well. And I feel like everyone can learn how to build community from Megan Roop. If you co-follow her on Instagram, you'll know exactly what I mean. And she is just an awesome kind of ray of sunshine. And I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation because I think you guys will take a lot away from it. Before we get into the show, let's get into this week's review, which comes from Mackenzie Phil. And it says, obsessed, I stumbled upon Sif on Insta in January of 2022. Within just a few weeks, I have binged 40 plus episodes. They are just that good. Every topic is relevant and relatable. She doesn't know it yet, but we are now besties. (laughs) So cute. Promotes balance while being motivational. My favorite pod to date. This is the cutest review and Mackenzie we are besties. Okay. So I, I mean, this really means the world and it is such a sweet review and honestly makes my day. If you do have two seconds of your time, please, please, please guys scroll to the bottom of Apple podcasts, rate the show and leave me a review. Tell me what you're loving. Tell me, you know, what you want to hear more of your favorite guest. Tell me your favorite part of an episode. Tell me whatever you need to tell me, but I want to hear from you. It means the world. And right now I am giving away my journal prompts worksheet to anyone who leaves me a review, takes a screenshot and sends it to me to my email, which is sifa.h91 at gmail.com. You can go get the details of how to grab that in last week's episode right at the end. But please do leave me a review. It helps the show grow so much. It helps me bring you more amazing guests (laughs) and just helps me figure out which topics really resonate with you guys. So that really means the world to me. All right. So this week's hot tip is a book and I will be recommending um, Gabby Bernstein's new book. It's called Happy Days. And it just talks about her entire journey going from someone who was lost in her 20s, struggling with alcohol and drugs and just a lifestyle that wasn't aligned to how she became who she is today, which is Gabby Bernstein, a spiritual leader and teacher who I'm sure a lot of you have already heard of. So if you haven't yet, go pick up the book. It's brand new. I just started reading it. I'm about more than halfway through. And it really is a great read. It's very motivational. So I think you guys will enjoy it. All right, let's dive into today's episode with Megan Roop. I'm sure you guys will love it so much. So I was out for coffee with like two people for like business. And literally was like the first time I was meeting these two women. And one of them, for some reason, was like, we were talking about wellness workouts. And she's like, yeah, I've just been doing Megan Roop. Have you heard of her? And I'm like, yeah, I'm interviewing her. And this was like on like Thursday, by the way, like just last Thursday. And I was like, I'm interviewing her on Monday. And she's like, oh my God, she changed my body. Like she just changed my body. And I was like, what? Like, what what an opportune time for this information to come to me. (laughs) That means so much to me. Honestly, like I I geek out anytime someone says that they're their member. I really do. Okay, so I want to know, what was your big dream when you were growing up? Biggest dream growing up? You know, what's so funny is I, I never really had one dream growing up. And I danced my entire life. So you would think from like an early age, I would have said I wanted to be a dancer. But I think 
that was never really positioned to me growing up as a career. Mm. I think my parents immigrated to the United States from South Africa. And so a career post, you know, college meant something steady and dance wasn't that. So I never really had one dream. So what did you think you were going to do post-college when you thought about it back then? I don't know. I was really lost. So my freshman year of college, I decided not to pursue dance. And it was like the darkest time in my life. So why did you decide not to pursue it? Was it just because like, you know, there was that expectation? There was that expectation. I was, I had worked really hard in high school, you know, academically and had excelled academically. And I felt like that was like what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to have this traditional college experience and mm-hmm. I just didn't see how dance played into that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was it was a really hard year. And I it was so funny is looking back, it's so clear as to why it was such a hard, dark time. But at the time, I couldn't understand why. And it wasn't until I really pieced that together that I wasn't pursuing dance that, you know, really came full circle for me. So then when you were going through this like really like like low point, what made you realize that it was dance that was missing and like that was actually the trajectory you were supposed to be on to like really be fulfilled? Yeah. I honestly came back from my freshman year of college really in, in upset and I was talking to my mom and really felt like I needed to go see a therapist. So I actually mm-hmm. went and saw a therapist because my full year my first year in college, I felt so, I was like in this cycle of yo-yo dieting and binging. And it was just so obsessed with all of that, that I couldn't get clarity on why I was so focused on that until I went and saw a therapist. So I kind of just approached my mom and said, listen, I need to talk to someone. I need to figure out what's going on because this isn't like me. And I'm so sick of these, these thoughts and this, this constant cycle um, of yo-yo dieting. You know, it's so interesting you bring this up because I've had other guests on and I've spoken to other friends of mine as well who've gone through this. And the common theme is, is that when we like our life feels so out of control and like we just don't know what the fuck is going on, is that like we try to control our food because it's like such an easy thing. Like it's such an easy thing that we think we can control. And like it's just so easy to get obsessed with it when like other things are falling apart, you know? Yeah. And I always say this too. It could be food. It could be alcohol. It could be, yeah. it could be sex. But I think as humans, we we oftentimes run away from what is actually bringing the, like, why are you upset? Why are you anxious? And I think for me, I used that to numb and to, to really not actually focus and deal with the underlying issue, which was that, okay, I was actually upset that I wasn't pursuing dance. And that's actually what I wanted to. And that actually was my dream. And mm-hmm. I had never allowed myself to, to think about it. it. Yeah, 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 it's true. So from there, like I've I've obviously like researched a little bit and you started dancing for the NBA and pursuing this career in dance. So what then led you to dance fitness? Yeah. So I went to, I ended up transferring to NYU's Tish Dance program, you know, after I graduated was, was honestly juggling a bunch of different jobs to try and just pay rent in New York. While I was auditioning for dance work, I was teaching fitness and really just stumbled into it needed it as a side hustle, needed it as a way to make money, but really quickly fell in love with it in a way that it was really unexpected. I really thought of it just as a way to stay in shape, make extra money. But for the first time in my life, I was getting to move with other women and share my passion in movement and in fitness and see how I could have that effect on them and affect their body confidence. As someone who had gone through such a rough time, 
I was finally in a place of body confidence, body acceptance, and wanted to share how I got there. And part of that was really through finding a way of moving my body that felt really joyful and fun. And Mm -hmm. so it was a quick love affair of like, oh my gosh, this is something I I really want to pursue. Taught in New York City for six and a half years while I was side hustling in fashion and dance. And then I launched the Sculpt Society in 2017 in New York. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. I didn't realize it was so recent that you launched Sculpt Society. Why do I yeah. feel like it's been around for so long? It feels like an <laughs> I don't institution. Know. It, it feels like it's been a long time, but it really, uh, yeah. I started teaching the Sculpt Society in New York in, in March of 2017, yeah, and then launched the app in November of 2019. Wow, that's that's really, really incredible. So talk to me about the journey of launching the Sculpt Society. Like if someone is yeah. completely new to it, hasn't heard of it, like, what can they expect? And yeah. what was the whole journey? Yeah. So the Dan- So for me, the Sculpt Society was everything I was looking for in a dance-based fitness class, in a fitness class. I think I felt like there was this big gap in dance-based fitness, but specifically like boutique fitness in New York. It felt anytime for me, I was taking a class really intimidating. I felt like you had to be a dancer. It was super complicated. And I was frustrated for women out there. I wanted to create a class that was under an hour, that was fun, that was effective, that was simplified dance cardio. So if you weren't a dancer, you felt successful. And then really like the bulk of the method is athletic sculpting. So full body sculpting with some dance cardio sprinkled in. And I was really excited to bring that to life. I wanted to create space for women to feel really welcomed in a class. And that felt like it was missing in New York at the time. So if someone is like, they feel like they're super uncoordinated, like myself, I I don't feel like I'm a natural born dancer. Yeah. Like, do you feel like anyone can take it? I think anyone can take it. I will say the a big misconception with the Sculpt Society is that it's all dance cardio. It's really about 10% dance cardio. Really? And then on the app, I have about I just have so much more low impact sculpt with there's with no jumping, no dance cardio involved. So on the app now, there is so much more offered for someone like you who, by the way, you would totally be fine with the dance cardio because I keep it simple and repetitive. But if you're like, you know, what, it's just not my thing. There's so much low impact sculpt. There's where there's no jumping. But I will say my approach to dance cardio is different. I keep it very simple. I keep it repetitive for a reason. And I, I can make any non-dancer Feel good I'm, I'm trying this, Megan. I'm trying it. Like I need to, I need to explore this. So, like, what is the low impact portion of things as well? Like, I'm, I'm just yeah. really curious. Yeah. So I keep it, I keep it mostly body weight exercises. I do use two to three pound hand weights, mm-hmm. and then if I have advanced clients, we'll use ankle weights. 
Sometimes we'll throw in a resistance band or a Pilates ball, but everything I do on the Sculpt Society app can be done with no equipment and just your body weight. So I love that. I think so many of us, you know, don't have a bunch of fancy equipment at home or if they're now traveling, they can really take this and it can be done in small spaces. I love that. So right now you're this super successful like celebrity fitness instructor, okay? And like I know that the road to getting there was you know, it didn't happen overnight. Like you've obviously been working on it for a really, really long time. So I want to know what, what the beginning days were like and, you know, going from day one, fuck, like, what am I doing to like, holy shit, like this is really something like what, what happened there? So I think when I, when I realized I wanted to start the Sculpt Society in 2017, it wasn't just like this overnight success. You know, I really worked on the flow of the class. I also had to find like a home for the Sculpt Society. And at the time in New York, there were these incubator studios where you could come and teach your class, create your communities and leave and not deal with brick and mortar and and everything that goes into that. And so I felt really lucky. I will say at the time though, I auditioned for a studio and I was told no, and really had to find another space. And the whole plan was just not as smooth as I thought it would be initially. Finally find a space in Soho to start teaching. You know, I have maybe one or two, maybe three people showing up for the first couple of months, but I knew what I had was special. And I knew that like we were talking offline, word of mouth is so powerful. So, so I, powerful. yeah, I really treated, and I still do this. It's such a, I think an important message that I it doesn't matter if there are three people in the room or it's packed and there's 60. It doesn't matter if I'm teaching Sally Joe or a celebrity or an influencer, everyone who walked through my door or take a class online with me, I really am creating the best experience for them. And I knew if they had the best experience, they would start talking to their friends. This is like so, so important and something I'm constantly talking about, even with how we've built Array. Like we always, always treat our customers like influencers because yeah. they are, yeah. you know, like if they tell their friends yeah. and their friends tell their friends, like that's how a brand grows. Like it doesn't matter what celebrity endorses you. If like the people that yeah. you're, you're, paying customers, like just like Sally Joe, like you're saying with 10 followers comes in and she feels like she's not being treated with that same care, you know, like, like really for us, like we made for like our first, actually still like our customers get the same packages as our influencers. Like we just, we've really customized it. We want people to feel special. And I think that there's something to be said about that. I think it's really, really important. Yeah. I mean, even when I was teaching in, in real life in New York at the time, you know, anyone who walked in my into the studio, you know, was greeted. And even the small little things oh like that, my God. you would be shocked. Like it just, it wasn't happening in those boutique spaces. So I, I really was making sure. And, and, you know, when I eventually go back to teaching in real life, I will continue to do that. Go and shake people's hands and introduce yourself and welcome them. Because walking into a, a fitness studio, a new class is really intimidating. And so why are we making yeah. women feel more intimidated? Let's like scratch that. And, and really make it about the community, make it more than just the fitness class. And so, yeah, as I approach anything, it is about that community and how they're feeling. You know, I, like I think about my experience with fitness because I remember, you know, going through college, I was very lost when it came to what I should do with fitness. And, you know, eventually I did land on boutique fitness, thank God. And like, you know, it just sparked something in me. And 
I became so loyal to those instructors who would come. And, you know, I remember like my early days, like I, I'll never forget when I first started boxing, I was so intimidated and I went into that class and my instructor came up to me and he introduced himself and he like took me through, you know, mm-hmm. everything we were, and it's so special, you know, yeah. it makes you feel so much less intimidated and you leave that class being like, well, why was I so scared to begin with? Totally. At the end of the day, we just want to be seen as humans, right? So making sure that your customers, your community feels seen. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So talk to me about building a social media following while building this business, because I think you've done this so, so well. And like, you know, I heard about your stuff from social media. Yeah. So what are some tips you can give our audience? What were some things that you did in the early days when you started? Because I don't assume you had like hundreds of thousands of followers the day you started, right? (laughs) No, I wish. I I think I had like 300 and I felt late to the game in 2017, you know? So if you're listening and you have 300 followers right now in 2022, like you're not, you need to just start. And I knew, you know, as a millennial, I was an active Instagram user and I knew it was going to be an important aspect of my business. So I just started. I think consistency was important. I'm still working on that. I did a lot of collaborations with different influencers and celebrities if they were open to that. And I found that that cross collaboration was really an important part to my growth, to to tapping into new audiences. So would you do like, back then there was no live functionality, right? No, I wouldn't do lives, but I would invite influencers or models to my class. I would literally cold DM them. I still do this. You know, hey, you don't know me. You know, one in maybe 50 at the time, maybe 100 at the time would answer. But in my early days, I, I got some like pretty big influencers to come into class with 300 followers. I think, at you know, I was offering a commodity, a, a fitness class, right? And I knew if I could just get them in, they would enjoy the class. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, ter- a hard sell, but for someone with a small audience, you know, you're not going to hear yes from everyone. But I, I definitely followed up a lot. And I think that that's a tool you can still use. People see DMs, you know, it, I know it, it sometimes it's hard to get to all those DMs, but I think following up and continuing to DM was a helpful thing for me, especially in the beginning. Do you feel like, like, was there something in your communication which you feel like people were more prone to respond to? Because like, you know, people are inundated with like DMs, right? And like, if there's like someone larger then I guess like maybe you're quote unquote, like more prone to respond. But like, was there something that you did? Do you feel that like really made you stand out? No. I think it was just a very simple message. And again, at at the time, this was like, come to my in real life class or or I'd love to do a private with you as Mm -hmm. my guest. Keeping it simple, not demanding things like you must post on social media. If we do this class together, I think when when influencers hear that, it it becomes, regards kind of come up. So I think just keeping it really simple, like I would love to, I would love to have you as my guest in my class, or I'd love to have you as my guest in a, you know, in a, as a private, um, and, and not like asking for a lot in return. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you. I think when you come at it from an angle of like, I just, I want to help someone or like, yeah. let me serve you as opposed to like, and then I want this in return. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like just things work out. Yeah, like, it gives a little bit of an ick factor. And I think probably like for you too, you're more, you're more product-based. So if, if someone, if an influencer tries your product and loves it, they're, they're going just, to talk about it. Ta- exactly. Yeah. And like, I remember early days, like people always ask me that like, oh, how did you get out to influencers? And I was like, honestly, I wrote a nice email telling them that I think that our products will help them and to just try it. And there's absolutely no strings attached. Like 
that specifically. Yes. Well, I, I was trying to articulate that. I think if you say like there's no strings attached, I, I just want to have you experience either mm-hmm. the product or whatever you are offering. That just comes across so much better. Yeah, it's true. And like, I don't know. I feel like just being able to help someone at the end of the day, if they like it, then they're just more prone to share. Absolutely. And even if they don't share it on social, they'll probably tell their friends. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. like Absolutely. word of mouth is very strong. So I want to talk to you about someone who's completely new in their workout journey. Okay. Like what if they're intimidated to start? What tips can you give them to even like fit in like smaller sessions in their day? Like what are those little nuggets you can give them? Yeah. I think you're probably going to hear this so over and over again, but I do think they're so important when it comes to finding a a way of moving your body that feels good. So are you into yoga? Are you into dance-based fitness? Are you a boxer? It is so important to find a way of moving that is joyful, that feels good for you and your body. So first you need to do that work on your own. And then I think it's important that you're scheduling it in. And then the biggest tip I have, and I'm saying it over and over again, but commit to less so that you can show up more. Mm. This idea that you need to be doing hours of exercise a day is completely BS. Commit to 10 minutes a day. Start there. Get successful by doing 10 minutes a day, four to five times a week, and start to add on if you want to. Or if not, stick with 10 minutes. But I feel like there's this notion that you need to be doing long, grueling workouts daily in order to get quote unquote results. And to be honest, the stickiness to me around fitness and the clients that actually get the biggest results are the ones that continue to show up, have made fitness a habit. And whether that's 10 minutes a day or 45 minutes a day. But if, if you can just do 10 minutes a day, four to five times a week, I think that's the best. I could not agree more with you. And like, even I've implemented this, like for myself, like, you know, for example, like if I've, if I've been traveling or like just have not been able to work out, then it's like, okay, I'm not going to make myself feel like I'm doing this like big, scary thing or like this like big time consuming thing by like trying to do a 50 minute workout, which at that point when you've just kind of been out of the habit for a couple of weeks feels like, oh my God, 50 fucking minutes. Are you kidding me? It's It's a a lot. lot. So like, what I, I always do this that I'm like, okay, no, I'll just do 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, you know, during COVID, right? Like our business took off during COVID and yeah. I really got out of working out for the first time. Cause before then I was, I, I only went to boutique fitness classes and that transition was like very difficult for yeah. me. I won't lie. Yeah. Right. And when I got back into it, I was like, Sif, you're just going to commit to 20 minutes every single day. You're never going to miss a day. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be 20 minutes. Do a fucking yoga flow yeah. Yeah. like on, on your yep. like stretch. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it was just that that got me into it. And then after that, I started building because like the more you do it, it's like, okay, like 20 yeah. minutes, whatever. Yeah. Like I'll do 30 now, yeah. you know? Well, exactly. And that's sort of a trick. And I, I will tell my community, but I also do on myself on the days that I don't want to do anything. I'm like, okay, commit to 10 minutes. I'll do a 10 minute quickie and and nine times out of 10, I'll add a second or third. And then you have a 30 minute workout. So I think sometimes the most important aspect is, is creating that habit, getting that consistency in. I also think community is so important, whether it's an accountability buddy where you, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're Zooming an online workout together, or you have an online community that you can tap into because Sometimes when we're alone and we're floating, it can feel like a lot. But if you have people in your world that's do that are doing the same, you know, exercises or, or videos, it can feel just less less intimidating, less alone, and you can lean on that community. It also feels a little bit more like a boutique fitness class Absolutely. when you're like yeah. in it together yeah. with friends. You Absolutely. know, <laughs> yeah, I know. I with the Sculpt study, you know, 
we have a private Facebook group and people in that private Facebook group will meet on Zoom multiple times a week and they'll oh, do it. Yeah. That. And those 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 community members are the ones that are more consistent, you know, and and I think because they have each other. It's true. It's true. I think community is incredibly important and being able to lean on people as you like start this journey is also yeah. like it's really nice and yeah. like it's just more fun. Yeah. It's just way more fun. Yeah. I want to talk about 2020 here because I'm guessing, you know, things changed. What was that shift like for you? Like what what even happened? Because you were doing up until then, what, like in person, right? Yeah, I was doing in person. I had just launched the Sculpt Society app in November of 2019. Oh my, okay, that's lucky. So I, I, you know, we were, I was honestly just working out the kinks, the, you know, the app layout, the flow, the videos, you know, really just getting into the groove. It was, you know, three to four months and then we, we move into COVID. And so I, it was a lot to handle because at the time it was just me doing everything. Yeah. I know about that life. <laughs> and so it felt very overwhelming because suddenly we have so many more people on, on the app and, and just even from like support emails, I was doing support emails, you know? And so, you know, leaning on my husband who started working part-time, you know, he had a full-time job at, at the time, nights and weekends, he would help me. And so he was constantly saying that I needed to hire out and, and hire people that um, could take some things off of my plate. So, you know, we so slowly started to hire more people and, and we're currently doing that now. We're still a super small scrappy team, but I would love to get to a point where, you know, I'm still like editing my videos and putting it up on the back end of the app and make, yeah, it's I film, edit, I'm like, oh my lighting God. director. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, I think again, like as I think people think of it as a very glamorous, like, you know, overnight success. And it's a small, scrappy business. It's a that's, fucking startup. That, yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. But I think, again, in 2022, my goal is to really build out our team so that I'm I'm not doing some of those smaller tasks. But to answer your question, yes, 2020 was insane. I went from teaching in real life to now 100% digital. I luckily, the week before COVID was working, I was working with my developers on the live aspect of the app. Mm. So I'm not even joking you, like the day before New York shut down, I got the green light that I could now go live on the app. Wow. I cancel my Sunday class, which is, I think it was like March 13th or something like that. And I just took it live. And for the first like six to nine months, I went live seven days a week on the Sculpt set. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it was, you know... It was a lot, but I also felt like almost a duty. Like, a, you know, it was a really scary time for so many people. And and I know movement was such a big aspect of positivity or or just a break in, in everyone's day. So I just felt like I had a duty to, to do it. So, you know, you shifted from doing things in person to online, which obviously demanded more of your time to be put into the app and all of the things yeah. that come with that. So in 2020, when the world shut down, I guess, like, did you slow down from like a movement perspective? I did a lot. So I was I was going at a speed that was not sustainable right before the, the app or sorry, right before the pandemic. And, you know, I was teaching classes six days a week, multiple classes a week, you know, like between 10 and 14, I was having multiple privates. It was, it was insane physically. It was very physically demanding. And what I think was a blessing for me during the pandemic was I was able to physically slow down Mm -hmm. and my body got a chance to kind of regroup. Um, And 
it was great <laughs> from a physical like break standpoint. Do you feel like you learned anything from that experience yes. just from like a movement perspective? Yes, the power of a quickie. And, you know, this idea of committing to less to show up more, I think we're all so scared of less when it comes to physical movement. And I can tell you, my body never looked better in 2020 when I was doing wow, less. Wow, really? thousand percent. That's... And I was doing shorter workouts too. I was going live doing 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes 45, but mostly under 30 minute workouts. And then were you combining that with like walks nope. or just? Yeah, I would walk. I would walk outside. Yeah. Yeah, just to get outside and get some fresh air. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm a big advocate to get outside and walk. Well, you know, also the other thing is just to go back to these like quickie or like smaller periods. I've spoken to like a lot of hormone experts as well that like if when your body is under such stress constantly, like yeah. you you don't get the same results. Yeah. Like you're just you're just stressed. Yeah. And yeah. like your cortisol is elevated. Yeah. So I can imagine like, you know, if you're working out for three, four hours in a day and like there's it was like, I mean, you were a fitness professional, but yeah. there's like women, just like regular women who feel oh, like yeah. they need to work out for two hours a day to see yeah. results. And then they're like, yeah, but or my, doing like hours of cardio day and you're just like, oh, my gosh, please stop. I know yeah. it's yeah. it's just it's awful. So like I think that that's a really, really like good lesson, even coming from a fitness professional that like smaller, yeah. shorter workouts can have like yeah. huge, huge impact. Yeah, it's also not sustainable, right? Like if you think of your life in, in 15 years, are you doing an hour or two hours of workout every single day. Like that's just, it's not sustainable. No. And so how can we create a sustainable habit? Yeah, it's true. And like, I think working out for longevity, there's also something to be said about that, right? Yeah. Like I work out also because I want to feel really strong when I'm 95 years old, Yeah, you know, and like yeah. doing consistent workouts. They don't have to be like two hours long, no. but like doing it every single day will get me there. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. No, it will. It will. <laughs> so if someone is, you know, looking to get certain results, what do you recommend? Like, do you think that it's just the Sculpt Society can, like, do you recommend they combine it with like yoga? How, how much do you think they should be walking? And of course, like, I know that pers every person is different, but like, yeah. Yeah. you know, what are your, I guess, like, a couple yeah. of tips that you can give. Yeah, I truly believe the Sculpt Society is is a very well-rounded program. So I don't think – I have some yoga on the Sculpt Society app, and we do implement that a little bit in the programming on your days off, doing a gentle flow. I love walking outside. That's also implemented into my programs and into the calendar. Do you have specific number of stops where I'm getting, like, really granular? I'm not a big believer in tracking. Okay, interesting. Only because – I think for most people, it causes like an unhealthy behavior, whether mm. it's food or fitness. A lot of people will be like, what are you tracking this 30-minute sculpt on your, you know, your iWatch? And mm -hmm. I, I want to say to them, stop tracking. Like, it's not going to change like your 30-minute workout if you yeah. know how many calories you burned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I'm not a big believer in tracking. I think it's just like get outside and walk for 20 minutes, be in mm. the sunshine. Don't even worry about like how many steps you are. Just enjoy it. Be yeah. in it, you know? But I would say to someone – when you're on the Sculpt Study app, again, the community members that had the best results are the ones that con are consistent. And for me, that is are is generally the, the members that are doing a program. And so with my programs, I have multiple, whether you're a beginner, I've got like a slow and controlled program. I've got, you know, a spicy AF program. Like you can follow something. I'm literally giving you a calendar, old school, print it out. I'm giving you the exact video to do every day. And so 
there's this like decision fatigue taken out. You just, all I want you to do is show up and do that video of the day and you're going to get results. It's true. And also I think that when you are working on like similar kind of a workout, you kind of get to master it if you're like doing it consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's full body. And, you know, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always cognizant of, of mixing things up and keeping it fresh. But there are certain movements, functional movements, like a lunge that are so good for us to do, you know, that are implemented in a lot of my workouts. So I think, yeah, I I really taught, it's a full body, well-rounded program. So I am a believer in it. I love that. How important is the wellness component to fitness? And by wellness, I mean things like breath work or meditation Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever wellness practices you can think of, massage, whatever it is. I think for so many of us, it's like all the things that we need to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. there's just so many things. So I think for me, when I'm talking to clients, it's like, write a list of five things that bring you joy. Like truly, what are things that you look forward to? Coffee with a friend, a walk like by a body of water, whatever it is, and implementing a little bit more of those things. If, if, Yes, meditation is wonderful, but if if it doesn't work for you, like a walk outside could be a, a version of that. It for is. You. It really is. Like if you're just walking outside and you're yes. not like in your phone and like yes. stressing out, it is a form of meditation yeah. for sure. So I think for me, it's it's the wellness component. Is most of us could schedule in more of the things that that bring us joy throughout the day, so that our day to day feels lighter and happier. Mm-hmm. I I actually love that tip, and I do think that things that bring you joy is like, it's, it's a big part of wellness. Yeah. Like, or like for me, I know, like I probably shouldn't be scrolling on my phone 20 minutes before I go to bed. And that could be like a wellness uh, tip, right? Like, of, like of how could I implement more joy? Oh, I'm going to be more joyful as I go to bed because I haven't just scrolled and I don't feel shitty. It's, but no, that, that actually is a wellness yeah, tip. Like yeah. I, I have like a list on in my journal with like, and I do this like quite often where I do like more and less, mm, you know, so ooh, like good. more of like specific things that have made me happy within a week or a month or whenever I do this review, it's like, maybe it's like a hike, like, you know, more walks outside, like more dinners with friends, whatever that is. And then the less, like all the things that make me feel like suboptimal. And I just like add more and like crowd out the less. So you're already doing (laughs) it. (laughs) That's so good. I want to talk to you about your morning routine, which I know from my friends who are moms that it looks quite different post baby than it did pre baby. But like, do you have certain non-negotiables or like things that make you feel really good? Yeah. I'll tell you like my, my like perfect morning. And by the way, I probably do this (laughs) one in seven days. If I could do this, you know, every morning, Mm -hmm. I think I would. Yeah. Tell us your ideal. Yeah. My ideal morning. I get up before Harlow. I have my glass of warm lemon water, which I know I roll, but I do. do I love it, it too. I do the same. <laughs> I do so. it every morning. Great, great for digestion. It really I make, is. While I'm having that, I'm making my, my French press coffee or my espresso. I'm taking literally five to seven minutes to do a little bit of meditation. Self-guided or do you use like a... I have short meditations on the Sculpt that I have that I honestly love. And they're just nice and short and they are guided. I'll take, so five to seven minutes of doing that. A little bit, I'll do, you know, three things I'm grateful for. And then I, I did a little bit of journaling this weekend and I'm not a big journaler, but I will say I need to start doing it more because I felt it, the brain dump aspect of it felt really it's nice. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. It's like extremely therapeutic, yeah. I find. And then I'd say like the final thing for me is movement. Movements are really obviously a big aspect of my life. And I just, I feel like a different person after I've moved my body. 
So you just do like a quick workout. So if I'm not going live on the app or mm -hmm. if I don't have any private clients, I'll do, I'll just follow a live, on, uh, a workout on the Sculpt Society app. Yeah. I mean, I, I always say this, but like I move in the morning for my mental health. Oh yeah. Like just doing it first thing in the morning, you, it's like you're high. Oh yeah. It, it's fully grounding for me. I, I feel so much more out of my head. I feel in my body. It's just such a better way to start my day. And I will tell you sometimes on the weekends, I'm like, oh, I'm going to just, sit. we'll get Harlow up. Right. And we'll, we'll be feeding her and we'll just be kind of having a lazy morning on the couch. And while yes, sometimes those are nice mornings. I will tell you they aren't as like these quote unquote lazy mornings. I don't feel my day doesn't start as well if I if I don't haven't moved my body. If I no, I'm I'm absolutely with you. Yeah. And like I I almost start my like lazy morning after I do my yeah. morning routine because I'm like it's then okay. get onto the couch. Yeah, and, like, like then I'm fine. Yeah. Like I'll do like yeah. I'll veg out, but I need that like yeah. structure and like those things that make me feel really good. And I have like a very specific morning routine and like it just it makes me feel better. Totally. You know, it makes me feel really happy. Yeah. <laughs> then I can yeah. do my lazy shit after. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you could leave our audience with one major fitness tip, what would it be? I think honestly, going back to what I said before is about have this as your fitness mantra for 2022, commit to less so that you can show up more. Focus on that consistency, find a way of moving that is fun, that is joyful. And, and you will see such a, a, a turn for yourself around your relationship with fitness. I love that. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Megan Roop and at the Sculpt Society. And if you want a seven-day free trial, you can log on to my website, thesculptsociety.com. Amazing. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif Hyder. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.